0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, guru, coach, mentor, tour mentor, John Obeluski. How are you today, John?
1: Jim, I'm doing wonderful. It's good to be with you recording today.
0: Yeah, same here. I'm excited about today's um, thoughts that we're going to discuss. I really think this is going to be challenging for some, I, and it should be. It should challenge specific mindsets that that are destructive to people and not constructive to the kingdom long term. We have experienced. I, I can't tell you how many in the recent past, right? The the the, the large church pastor, the successful, the, the household name, just just really stumbling horribly. Uh, yes. This today, I think, really holds to a great extent the cure for the, for that problem. Would you I tell us so. what you're about today and, and get us started this morning?
1: Yeah. So I'd like us to, to converse today, Jim, about reimagining success. I, I don't know that we're going to fully plumb the depths of this, you know, in 15 minutes today, but I'd like to get the thoughts, the, the conversation started in our, in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last, uh, last week in pod 79, we talked about the inherent dangers that often come along with being successful yeah, and and today, what I'd like us to talk about is is what success is and and isn't. Yes, and why understanding the difference between those two things uh, matters so much. Um, yeah. You know, Jim, leaders, most leaders have this innate drive, right, to be successful, whatever that is, right. The challenge is, you know, what is success, and in many ways, how we define. I think this is true. How we define success defines us yeah it defines our choices our priorities our relationships um you know uh, our teammate jamie halavin contributed some of this research of what we're going to talk about today so i want to just dip my cap to her yeah yeah uh, helping us and and in her research jamie tells the story and i think you'll appreciate this jim of an organization that she became acquainted with that that focused on mentorship of young people in urban areas a wonderful ministry yeah. And, and she said, you know, the organization wasn't flashy. It didn't have the latest and greatest technology. Um, social media was kind of like this, you know, that, not super great. Um, and even the, the buses that they used to pick up kids and bring to the program on Saturday were old. And, and yeah. I mean, they still were safe, but they were, you know, they'd been around forever. And her first thought when she saw all of this was, man, if they just modernized, You know, they could, you know, they could be even more successful and, but then she started to meet some of the generations from this ministry right children who, who are now adults who were first transported by those same school buses in the early days, and they had novel leaders of the program and 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 the trajectory of their lives and families lives were forever changed by this non flashy yeah basic nuts and bolts approach to reaching out and mentoring young kids yeah and just an amazing story right
0: well it's absolutely true right i mean jesus his powerpoint presentations were terrible <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> The, the Apostle Paul had to write things in such large print because, he, you know, evidently couldn't see it or something. I mean, it's, our, our techniques, I, I think they're great vehicles to bring the gospel in. Yeah. But it's it's people, right? It's yeah. if, it, if it was something more than that, Jesus probably would have said, I wrote a book and I want you to read it. But mm-hmm. he did. He said, follow me and I will make you, you know, finish the sentence, that whatever the fishers of men. But, but more than that, I will make you a husband. I will make you. I, it is. I, I don't know which one of my teachers was the smartest. I, I know which one cared about me. Yeah, I, My favorite teacher is not my favorite teacher because they had more degrees than a thermometer. My favorite teacher is my favorite teacher because they connected with me. They saw something in me. They brought it out of me. They challenged right. me. So I, it is It is always going to be, right? It's never a program. It's always a person.
1: Yep, I'll never forget Sister Josita uh, in sixth grade. It sounds like up.
0: a comedy sketch. Uh, <laughs> uh, a no, person.
1: I mean, she changed my life, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So in fifth grade, and I'm going off scripture a little bit, but oh, well. So in fifth grade, I was such a, a, a knucklehead as a young kid that I had to report to the principal every day about my activities during recess. Wow. I had to give her a full, a full account of what I did because I was in so much trouble. And, you know, and God love her, you know, but she would tell me things like, you're a horrible person. You're a terrible kid. Things that, and I and I believed her. I was in fifth grade. So. <laughs> uh, and then then Sister Josita comes along, yeah. puts her arm around me and says, you know, I think you're a good kid. Uh-uh. And I'll never forget her. I yeah. will never forget that there was this little four foot eight nun in a habit who put her arm around me and saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. So it's absolutely true. Absolutely Success. Yeah. That I mean. Yeah. She was a successful teacher yeah. in, in my mind. So, yeah. so Jim, I'd like us to talk about this today. Um, and sorry for the detour there, but um, I just thought it would be good to bring that in, to bear. Now, before COVID hit, you know, tw- you know, we defined we had metrics in churches mm-hmm. that are, um, were, went something like this. It was, you know, uh, you know, butts in seats, right? Uh mm-hmm. Uh, finances, buildings, yeah. how many people are serving, yeah. um, how many people are in small groups. And I mean, you name it, right? right. And COVID comes and just like almost instantaneously flips it, flips yeah. everything. right? And, you know, so I'm not saying that any of those things don't matter, yeah. but are yeah. those the things, are those the only things that measure success. And I just wonder, you know, I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on that,
0: Jim. Well, it, it's funny because even when COVID hit, then we all kind of went to video and live stream and YouTube and so forth. And especially on Facebook Live. Listen, mm-hmm. our exploded. We went from 25 people to 2,500, we had 2,500 views. It's like, you know, the old adage that figures lie and liars figure, you know, <laughs> it, like it didn't explode. Someone, someone's scrolling up their page, you know, they stopped to look and, and that was not a legitimate view. So even then I, I Numbers today, if anybody said, I know how many people are attached in some way to this church, I don't know how they're doing it. There really is no way to know. So isn't it great of God, though, to just kind of take everything we did, shake it all up, and now all the snow is flying around the globe, and we are it'll settle in a place. But right now, it has caused a lot of reflection. What's really important, I was with uh, George Barna many years ago. But he, he said that. He said that we measured dollars, attendance, programs, square footage. And then he stopped almost tearfully. He looked at about 6,000 pastors in the room. And he said, Jesus didn't die for any of that. I yeah. thought, man, I, you know, that's it was a startling moment yeah. where I, I am probably valuing things for my own success that Jesus is not counting. He's not valuing these things the same way.
1: Right. And I think when we launch into ministry, you know, I I remember thinking I'm going to change the world. Um, You know, I was, you know, I'm going all out for the ministry. I'm, and, you know, and for me as a lead pastor, I thought, you know, if I get to a church of a thousand, then I'll be happy. You know, I'll I'll be, then I'll, I'll I'll have arrived. Then, then my life will take on more meaning. And, interestingly enough you know i never pastored a church of a thousand i was part of a church of a thousand but never pastored a church that large but i've had several pastors who pastor churches that large who are no more uh ha- they're no happy as a matter of fact i think in some ways they're less happy yeah. than when they were pastoring a church of 150 i don't know jim what do you think about that i heard uh, jack Hayford. i saw it sounds like i'm name
0: dropping I, I don't know any of these people but i was in the room when they were talking jack Hayford. Yeah said years, probably 20 years ago, he said, your ministry will never be large enough to satisfy you. Mm. It'll only be large enough to destroy you. And you have to be wise enough to know when to be content. And that doesn't mean we just, no more people can be saved here. But it, understand. It, it, you know, if this is too heavy, you have to be humble enough to take half of it and start handing it off. And, and if you're going to lead well into the future. And I, I, every, every growth goal that we set, that we reached, I, I can say this, nothing changed. I, I didn't change. I wasn't more, I wasn't less. I wasn't, and it reminds me of that scene from uh, Cool Runnings where uh, the the you know, the kid that wants to drive the sled and Coach Blitzer is telling him and he realized he, he cheated to win his gold medals. Mm. And he says, you know, gold medals, you know, I want to win the gold coach. He said, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. And i I'll never forget. He said, but if you're not enough without it, you will never be enough with it. Mm. And so I think stewarding success by giving all of that to the Lord and not I'm successful because my church now is a hundred or 200 or 500 or 5,000 or 50,000. I, I agree. I, I know, I know people that are happy and unhappy at every size uh, of church. And it's the yeah. church that is making them unhappy, but it's not necessarily the church that's ever making them happy. It's, I'm not sure it's designed to make us happy, maybe satisfying on some level, yeah. but not, not, we have to be content with the Lord and his blessings, whatever that is, right. right. A bound.
1: And I've even seen that in the corporate world. I spent twenty years in the corporate world, Jim, and and uh, grew in responsibility, grew in income, yeah. and not perceptibly happier. With yes, I mean you know money doesn't bring you happiness. So you buy stuff with money, right? <laughs> you know, it, it gives you options, but it doesn't it, it doesn't really uh, influence move the needle much on the, the level of contentment in your life, and so. I think Jesus has some thoughts on that. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount, I think, gives us such great insight. Yeah. Um, and he, he starts that sermon with this countercultural list yeah. of people that he says are blessed. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I just want to read a little, a little section of that, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And he just goes on and on and on and on there. And, you know, when we're tracking the success of our organization, of our church, the church we lead or the ministries we, we lead, I wonder, does it make sense to try to use this passage from Matthew five is part of our guiding yeah. uh, thought or, or guiding principle. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that, Jim?
0: Yeah. I, I think it comes back to, you know, why, why is it blessed to mourn? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. I'm a season of mourning right now, the death of my father. I, you know, yeah. why I'm asking, why is this a blessing? I don't get it. And the very fact that I'm having a conversation with almighty God about it is a blessing. I, I think in our weakness, when we're poor in spirit, when we're persecuted, when men revile us, say all men are evil against us, when when we mourn, it, it makes us dependent on the one that's utterly dependable, in a way that we're not necessarily dependent on Him when we're not mourning. You know, when we're yeah. at a wedding, we we honor God through that, but we're at a funeral, we we contemplate God, we we need God. I don't I don't want to say this the wrong way, but if Elvis marries somebody in Vegas at a drive-through window, they're they're married, you know, without the contemplation of God, but. Man, when somebody's getting buried, it, it's everybody's thinking about forever. Everybody, yeah.
1: And so I was, I was. Uh, Jamie kind of did a really nice job. Not kind of, she really did a nice job. Yeah. Uh, kind of explaining these these traits, you know. So, poorness right. of spirit is this like this realization that in our own human capacity, we don't have what it takes.
0: Yeah, I need to God. lead
1: anything. Yeah. Uh, the most one of the most important things I learned last year is that I can do absolutely nothing apart from the presence of Jesus in my Mm -hmm. life. And and that's, that, that's what the poorness of spirit has to do with. So, you know, I'm, you know, you're pastoring a a significant church in terms of size and impact and, and there's so many wonderful things going on, Mm -hmm. but you can't do that by yourself. No, I mean, there's no way. And and it's, and you can lose sight of that. And now if I lose sight of that, I think I'm starting to move into unsuccessful yes. territory, even though yeah. if you looked at the organization from the outside, you'd say, well, that's successful. It isn't successful. If it is, I mean, I want to say this the right way. It's not successful. If you don't understand that this thing, first of all, doesn't belong to me. And secondly, without the help of Jesus, I can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so I, 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 see that, uh, uh, the mourning, you know, and you were talking about mourning loss and, and that's, that's part of it. And I also think mourning has to do with being grieved over the things that grieve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, sure. sure. And that's, yeah. that's success. Um, meekness. I love this one. And, and Jamie defined it this way, refusing to use our power or position in unhealthy ways.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I've seen, and I think we've seen that happen, right? Where that has happened. Uh, where people have lorded it over or have used their power to manipulate people and, and yeah. do some pretty bad things. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, using their own strength or the authority that God's given them to be other than what Christ would have them to be. Correct. Is- it's universal and that when, when the parts of me that don't look like Jesus, run right into the parts of others that don't look like Jesus, there's about to be some sort of a combustible, <clears throat> reaction, right, right. That, that only mercy can reset and that's that comes with that humility letting God forgive you and passing it on. We should have Jamie on to do a show just on what she learned about the Beatitudes.
1: Yeah. Maybe uh, I'll invite her. I, you know, she's uh, she's an introvert. I'm not sure if she'll. Uh, I am too, yeah. and I do this, but uh, yeah. But that would be good. Oh, I,
0: we can she can do the puppet version? Hi, Amy. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, we could do that. Yes, <laughs> but those Listen, sure. are
0: listening, like I have no idea what they're laughing at. So watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Jim, you know, I, I feel like for me that I have been influenced in the past by mm-hmm. the American culture when it comes to success yeah and um i think i'm redefining that that success is being loved and respected by the people who know me the best
0: yeah that's great
1: um success is when i know i'm weak and it forces me to depend on god that's that's success um success is when the fruit of the spirit is enlarging in my life um That's success. And we're, again, we're not saying that we're satisfied with, um, only reaching a hundred people. If the Lord has given us the wherewithal, the gifts, the resources to do more, I'm not, this isn't a call to be lazy, right? but it, but, but Jim, I can grow a wonderful ministry, but if my marriage isn't doing very well, what have I really gained? You know, if, if the relationships, if, if, if I succeed at work, in order to succeed at work, if I have to lose at relationships, yeah. I don't think I'm successful then. Right. I, I might have a billion-dollar organization, but if everybody around me doesn't want to be around me because I'm such an ogre, right. I think right. i failed. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think it comes back to the two things that we know. We know that we know God measures, and that's that quality and fidelity, good and yes. Faithful doing the best that we can with what he's given us, trusting him for the rest that we don't have. And then, and then just being faithful. I, I, my pastor in Phoenix used to say, there's no such thing as a big shot. There's just little shots that, that kept shooting. Yeah. You know? And I think there's a lot of truth to that. You're just faithful. You, what's that, uh, Eugene Peterson called it a long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Just that long obedience in the same direction. There are, there are communities that we have people listening in right now that they, they, if they passed it for 30 years, their ministry could not grow beyond a certain number, because that number is all that will drive twenty minutes to get there, right there. Right. And and what's funny is no one's ever going to write a book called "Successful Pastoring in the Small Church Dynamic" that that many will read about because they won't speak at the conferences. They won't. Right. They they won't be that earth shattering, you know. But I, but how what percentage of our churches, or a hundred people or less in attendance? It's like. 70 percent, 75 percent. More than that,
1: I think it's I think it's 85 percent.
0: Yeah. So so there aren't a lot of people that are speaking at these seminars, writing these best-selling books that are telling people how to do what most of us are doing. And I—and I, it can be like so with the, the ones who do write the books are about explosive growth and 10xing and how yeah. I, and how you too can. And it's I'm not saying that's bad. Those are their stories, but those are fairly unique stories. And so the story that you need to read as a pastor, um, as a leader in an organization that you're now leading now, it's the words of Jesus. It's not It's not just the words of Rick Warren, who, who's a wonderful man who wrote right. a wonderful book. It's not just the words of Bill Hybels. It's not just the words. It's the words of Jesus because Jesus will tell you that when you're weak, you know, you're strong. He'll tell you you're blessed when you're meek. He'll tell you all these things. And man, that is that is the message we need to hear to be good and faithful.
1: So I just think a next step for, for all of us uh, listening today is this, is just to take a minute well, no, more than a minute. <laughs> take several yeah. sets of minutes to adjust the way you and I view success. Yeah. Why? To protect us. Yeah. To protect us from falling into the danger that growth and, mo- and momentum yeah. present.
0: Right. And you can take all your ambition that you would have put into becoming a church of 10,000 and put it into your marriage, put it into your kids. Put it in the church that God has given you, not the church that you know you you read in a book about. It, it is we we can. We're not like you say. We're not talking about uh, laziness. We're not talking about apathy. Right. We're talking about building a foundation for success. Because if your marriages are together and your church explodes in growth, I can tell you what's going to give is yes. the foundation. When the weight of God's blessing comes down on a foundation that is not able to sustain it, there will be there will be failure. And That's right. way too much of it. Way too much of it. So. Good. Thank you, John. I, I, we appreciate this. It's, it's funny. It's, it's a, it's brotherly to some of us. It's fatherly to some of us, but the, but the wisdom of today's teaching, I I do hope that our listeners, our watchers will take those minutes and just take a walk and say, am I rightly defining, am I defining success as Jesus did, who never pastored a church of thousands, although he could have easily done it. He never wrote a book, although it would have been a worldwide bestseller, although all these things, right? never spoke at a seminar, you know, we let's value what he valued. And I appreciate just that it's a, it's a gentle warning, but it is a warning. And, and we're grateful for that. Anything you want to say in closing today?
1: No, just that we love all of you that are listening. And the reason we bring these things to you is because of that. Yeah. We want you to, uh, to lead better, to lead longer, to enjoy it more. And, and to, um, and to have great marriages and have kids that love Jesus and um, and to have and to have a life outside of your ministry Um, and so that's it Jim just that's our heart with us you know I hope we we didn't come across lecturing today because that wasn't the heart at all but just to say you know we're concerned about this in our own life yes we're concerned about it for you and we hope that somehow there was a nugget or two here today that will get your mind going and and thinking in a proper direction
0: right now well as always john thank you for your time and your wisdom and and this generous gift that is this podcast and it it's not it it costs you money it doesn't cost us money it costs you time it doesn't cost our listeners time unless they want to invest it so it's It's a generous offer, and we're grateful for you doing it week after week. So faithfully, now 80 times, 80 times in a a row. So God bless you. God bless you, our listeners and watchers. We hope that we will run into you again real soon as we continue to all lead from a life.